The personal stories expressed in this series reflect the true experiences and opinions of the guests and may not represent the official position of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Elder M. Russell Ballard of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles has said, There is hope for the addicted, and this hope comes through the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ and by humbling oneself before God, pleading to be freed of the bondage of addiction and offering our whole soul to Him in fervent prayer. Priesthood leaders can help as those who have addiction seek counsel from them. Where necessary, they can refer them to qualified licensed counselors and LDS Family Services. The Addiction Recovery Program adapted from the original 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous is readily available through LDS Family Services. In this series, you will hear actual meetings discussing each of the gospel principles of addiction recovery and healing. Addiction recovery meetings have strict guidelines of confidentiality and anonymity. These podcasts may seem contradictory to such standards. All the participants in these meetings are active participants in the Addiction Recovery Program and have willingly volunteered to participate. Their experiences are genuine and not fabricated. These recordings were created with the express purpose of providing a way for individuals who are isolated from recovery groups to participate, as well as provide an example to church leaders and members of a typical meeting. Today's meeting will discuss Step 12, Service. Welcome to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Addiction Recovery Meeting. I'm Elder Ennis, and I will be serving as missionary group leader this evening. We do have a couple new faces this evening, so we would like to go around the room, beginning here at my left with Robert, and we'd like you to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Robert, and I'm an addict alcoholic. Hey, Robert. Hi, Robert. I'm Karen, and I'm an addict. Hey, Karen. Hey, Karen. Hey, Karen. I'm Scott, and I'm a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. Hey, I'm Cammie, and I'm a recovering addict. Hey, Hi, Cammie. I'm Lindsay. I'm an addict. Hi, Lindsay. I'm Sharon. I'm an addict. Hi, Hi Sharon. Sharon. I'm Abra. I'm a recovering addict. Hi, Abra. My name is Rich, and I'm a child of God. Hi, Rich. I'm Scott, and I'm recovering from an addiction to pornography. Hi, Scott. I'm Luann, and I'm a grateful recovering addict. Hi, Luann. My name is Dub, and I'm a recovering alcoholic addict. Hi, Dub. Hi, Dub. My name's Steve, and I'm a mess. Hi, Hi Steve. Steve. My name is Carrie, and I am a spouse of an addict to pornography. Hi, Hi Carrie. Thank you. I'd like to remind everybody to turn off their cell phones and pagers. We do not have any announcements for this meeting. So would somebody please volunteer for the opening prayer? Thank you. Lord, your kind Heavenly Father, we thank thee this night for the opportunity we have to come together and meet as brothers and sisters. And Lord, we pray that the Spirit will be here tonight in the addiction recovery meeting and that we can feel your Spirit and hear the words that need to be said that will help us in our recovery. We pray for addicts everywhere that they may have experiences that will bring them to to come to Thee and to be able to come to meetings and, and to learn the atonement. And, Lord, we are just grateful for all that You do and for this beautiful program. And 
we pray that that those uh, that after the meeting that everyone will get home safe and we just love you and say it's in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. As always, we begin our meetings by reading the church's mission statement. And that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Addiction Recovery Meetings assists those who desire to recover from addiction. We also welcome family and friends whose lives may be affected by the addiction of another. We are a group of brothers and sisters who share our experience, faith, and hope as we study and apply the principles of the gospel as they correlate with the 12 steps of recovery. Our meetings provide a safe place for honest sharing because we adhere to the principles of confidentiality and anonymity, and we use appropriate language and behavior to invite the Spirit to be with us. As we practice these 12 steps in our lives, we receive power through the Atonement of Jesus Christ to overcome addiction and receive the full blessings of the gospel. Family and friends who practice these same 12 steps will also find hope and healing for themselves. We will now go around the room and read each of the 12 steps found on page Roman numeral 4. We invite each person who is willing to read one step. It is perfectly acceptable to pass if you prefer to listen only. We'll begin here at my left. Robert? Step one, admit that you of yourself are powerless to overcome your addictions and that your life has become unmanageable. Step two, come to believe that the power of God can restore you to complete spiritual health. Step three, decide to turn your will and your life over to the care of God, the Eternal Father, and His Son, Jesus Christ. Step four, make a searching and fearless written moral inventory of yourself. Step five, admit to yourself, to your Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, to proper priesthood authority, and to another person the exact nature of your wrongs. Step six, become entirely ready to have God remove all your character weaknesses. Step seven, humbly ask Heavenly Father to remove your shortcomings. Step eight, make a written list of all persons you have harmed and become willing to make restitution to them. Step nine, wherever possible, make direct restitution to all persons you have harmed. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory, and when you are wrong, promptly admit it. Step 11, seek through prayer and meditation, not medication, (laughs) to know the Lord's will and have the power to carry it out. Step 12 is about service. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of the atonement of Jesus Christ, share this message with others and practice these principles in all all that we do. Thank you. Each week we focus on a different step. This week we'll read step 12, starting on page 71, from a guide to addiction recovery and healing. We'll go around the room and each person who is willing may read one or two paragraphs. You may pass if you prefer, if you prefer to listen. We have an extra copy of the guide for you to use in this meeting in case you do not have one. During the reading, listen for thoughts, feelings, and experiences you have in common with those who have taken these steps. We'll continue to read the step where we left off from reading the steps. Service. Key principle, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of the atonement of Jesus Christ, share this message with others and practice these principles in all you do. Service will help you grow in the light of, spirit, in the, light of the Spirit throughout the rest of your life. In step 10, you learn to evaluate your life each day and be accountable for your actions. 
In step 11, you learned to remember the Savior from moment to moment, so you might have the guidance of the Holy Ghost as continuously as possible. Step 12 involves the third anchor, service to others. That ensures a continued recovery and a remission of sin. To remain free from addiction, you must get outside yourself and serve. The desire to help others is a natural result of spiritual awakening. You have a message of hope for other addicts, for all afflicted and troubled people who are willing to consider a spiritual approach to changing their lives and for anyone seeking truth and righteousness. The message is that God is a God of miracles, just as he has always been. Your life proves that. You are becoming a new person through the atonement of Jesus Christ. You will share this message best through your efforts to serve others. As you serve, your understanding and knowledge knowledge of this process is strengthened and deepened. Sharing your testimony of His mercy and His grace is one of the most important services you can offer. Bearing the burdens of others through acts of kindness and selfless service is part of your new life as a follower of Christ. President Ezra Taft Benson taught, Men and women who turn their lives over to God will discover that He can make a lot more out of their lives than they can. He will deepen their joys, expand their vision, quicken their minds, strengthen their muscles, lift their spirits, multiply their blessings, increase their opportunities, comfort their souls, raise up friends, and pour out peace. Whoever will lose his life in the service of God will find eternal life. Be prayerful as you consider ways to serve, seeking always to be led by the Holy Ghost. If you are willing, you will find many opportunities to share the spiritual principles you have learned. You will find ways to share your testimony with others and opportunities to serve them in many other ways. As you serve others, you will maintain humility by focusing on the gospel principles and practices you have learned. Only then can you be assured that your motives and inspirations are good. Be sure to give freely, not expecting a particular result. Respect the agency of others. Remember that most of us had to hit bottom before we were ready to study and apply these principles. The same will be true for most of those you desire to help. When you become aware of others who deal with addiction in their lives or the lives of their loved ones, you may want to let them know about the guide and the LDS Family Services Addiction Recovery Program. If they feel like talking, let them. Tell some of your story to let them know that you can relate. Don't give advice or try to fix them in any way. Simply inform them of the program and the spiritual principles that have blessed your life. You may discover that if an addict is not ready to embrace these spiritual principles, perhaps a family member or friend of the addict may be receptive. Virtually everyone living in these perilous times could benefit by learning and applying gospel principles. You may occasionally feel inspired to offer someone a copy of this guide, along with a Book of Mormon. In doing so, you will actually share the tools that have helped you rebuild your life by coming to Christ. When you do something for someone else or share the message of hope and recovery, you must not allow another person to become too dependent on you. Your responsibility is to encourage others who struggle to turn to Heavenly Father and the Savior for guidance and power. In addition, you should not be reluctant to encourage them to turn to the Lord's authorized servants as well. Great blessings can come from the Lord through those who hold priesthood keys. 
As you try to help others, you must understand that it will be difficult for them to remain in recovery if family members do not support them or do not understand that recovery takes time. Anyone can recover. However, no matter how others, even closest loved ones, choose to react. As you carry to others a message of recovery through gospel principles, you must be patient and meek. There is no place in your new life for ego or any sense of superiority. Never forget where you have come from and how you have been rescued by the grace of God. Jesus will do the same in all cases for those who will repent and turn to him. In your enthusiasm to help others, be sure to keep a balance between sharing the message and working on your own program. Your primary focus must continue to be to apply these principles yourself. Your efforts to share these ideas with others will be only as effective as the recovery you maintain. These principles you have learned and practiced to overcome your addiction are the same principles that will lead you in all aspects of your life to act according to the Lord's plan. Using these principles of the gospel, you can endure to the end as the Lord has commanded, and you can do so with joy. Thank you. These 12 steps are a program of action. As we read the section called Action Steps, we learn about recovery and gospel actions we can take to come unto Christ and receive power to live in recovery from addiction. Let's continue to read the action steps from where we left off. Action Steps Bear public testimony. Magnify callings and talents in serving others. Hold family home evening and family prayer. Prepare to attend the temple and worship there. Your testimony of the love and mercy of Heavenly Father and His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, is no longer a theory. It has become a living reality. You have experienced it for yourself. As you have become aware of His love for you, you have also become aware of His love for others. President Howard W. Hunter taught, Those of us who have partaken of the Atonement are under obligation to bear faithful testimony of our Lord and Savior. Bear testimony to your family in word and deed and in the privacy of your own home. Bear testimonies in regular family home evenings, family prayers, and family scripture study. Bear testimony as you join with your family in service projects and as you live your life in a Christ-like way. You can also bear testimony in church settings such as in fast and testimony meeting or in classes or while giving church lessons. Magnify the church callings you receive. If you do not have responsibilities in your ward or stake, let your bishop know that you are available to serve. You can also bless, bless others by participating in family history work and by preparing to worship and serve in the temple and to make covenants there, there with the Lord. President Gordon B. Hinckley taught, Temple service is the end product of all of our teaching and activity. The principles taught in this guide will lead you to the temple. They will increase your, your desire to serve there. Although you may not have thought it possible before, you can now imagine entering the doors of the Holy Temple, drinking deeply of the peace there, and feeling close to the Lord in His house. In the temple, you will find spiritual power to continue in your recovery. Elder Joseph B. Worland of the Quorum of the Twelve testified, Regular temple work can provide spiritual strength. It can be an anchor in daily life, a source of guidance, protection, security, peace, and revelation. 
Serve others who struggle with addiction by sharing the principles of recovery. Apply these principles in all aspects of life. The LDS Family Service Addiction Recovery Program offers great opportunities for service. You can serve others by attending meetings and sharing your experience, faith, and hope. You can support others and strengthen them. As you have practiced the principles of the gospel, you have learned that the atonement applies in every aspect of life. President Boyd K. Packer of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles testified, For some reason, we think the atonement of Christ applies only at the end of mortal life to redemption from the fall, from spiritual death. It is much more than that. It is an ever-present power to call upon in everyday life. When we are racked or hard up or tormented by guilt or burdened with grief, He can heal us. You can share this message with others through your example and your words of encouragement. When you meet people throughout the day, greet them with a smile. Show gratitude for what they do. When opportunities arise, bear testimony of the hope that comes through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Thank you. We will now turn the time over to our facilitator, Robert, to conduct the sharing portion of this meeting. Robert. Thank you, Elder Ennis. My name is Robert, and I'm an addict alcoholic. Hey, Robert. Well, this is it. Step 12. I feel it might be a tough night for some of us. I had trouble reading this step, let alone trying to get through this. You know, um, it's clear to me that everybody in this room has had a spiritual reawakening described in step 12, because I, I look at you and uh, I can see it in your face, your countenances. I appreciate it so much. There's nothing that has brought me greater joy in my life than this assignment uh, to serve as a missionary in the addiction recovery program. It's certainly been a life-altering event, and I hope to be able to serve for as long as I possibly can in whatever capacity for the, for the rest of my life. And uh, something amazing has happened to me during this, these group meetings with you folks. Uh, it occurred to me that our whole purpose for holding these meetings is that we, some change takes place in us that we, we grasp the, the concepts of these steps and that we change our lives by doing so. And what's happened in my life as a result of you folks is I have found that I've become just a bit complacent. Um, seriously, I, I treated the maintenance steps as some kind of afterthought uh, Maybe not quite that bad, but uh, of the 12 steps. And uh, so it's been a, a, a kind of new spiritual awakening for me. Um, I've made a conscious effort the last few weeks to work on some of my more glaring um, character defects. And it's kind of, I've kind of been reawakened to the whole, you know, you, you serve a long time, you, get, you have a kind of a, I won't say you have a canned story, but you're kind of used to saying the same thing in these meetings, and, and you just kind of gloss over and forget that, you know, what we're really at those meetings for, and you've, you folks have brought that back to me. I want to express my appreciation to each of you. It's been a blessing to hear your stories and to be inspired. I'm hoping that the, the same effect will be on those who listen to these, that their lives will be changed as mine has been. I want to bury my testimony as to the truthfulness of the gospel, the power of the atonement, 
the strengthening power of the atonement that allows us to do things that we cannot do for ourselves. I bear this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thanks, Robert. Welcome. For those of you who joined the meeting, we welcome you. We will now begin the sharing portion of the meeting. Share about your personal recovery experience as it relates to the tools of recovery, this week's step, or the step you are currently working on. Please focus your sharing on the solution rather than the problem. Refrain from mentioning graphic details about the practice of your addiction. Remember, crosstalk, which is interrupting or commenting directly about another participant's remarks, is not appropriate. Also, not likely in this group, it is perfectly acceptable to pass if you prefer to listen only. <laughs> Confidentiality and anonymity foster honesty and make this a safe place to share. Therefore, whom you see here, what you hear here, when you leave here, let it stay here. Here, here. In keeping with the principle of anonymity, we invite you to introduce yourself by your first name only. We will conclude the sharing portion five minutes before the expiration of the, of the meeting. For final thoughts from Elder Ennis. Time is now yours to share your experience, faith, and hope. Please remember that we have a large group. Who would like to begin the sharing? Hi, my name's Steve. Hey, Steve. Hi, Steve. I'm glad to be here tonight. This is uh, uh, by far probably my favorite step. This 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 step is what what has brought me more more peace and more blessings than than several several of the others combined. Um. I just want to want to begin by saying that the reason uh the reason I'm here is because the savior loves the addicts still out there suffering and uh I pray that uh my story might be able to affect um those that are still suffering. Um I I want to I want to talk about a, a quick story that happened to me. Um uh, my wife, um, as she was pregnant with my first daughter, we decided uh, uh, we was going to go out for dinner. And we have a couple restaurants out there that, that we like like to go to, this really nice steakhouse. And that's where, you know, my first impression uh, was to, to go is to that steakhouse. Um, so we hop in the car and we're we're heading out to, to go go to that restaurant and you know, as I was heading there, I, I was craving steak, and then I received a, an impression to 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 go to the you know uh, lower end restaurant next to my house, and you know I was craving chicken fried steak for some reason. I couldn't, I didn't really understand it, but I received this this impression that I needed to go there and have chicken fried steak. I mean, I was getting, I was passing up a 12 ounce sirloin to go have some chicken fried steak. Um, so I flipped the car around and, and, uh, we head back and, and we get to the restaurant and we walk in and get seated and the hostess seats us. And, and as I, as I look up, here comes my waitress and, you know, I looked at her, she looked a bit worse for wear, she she was missing a couple of her teeth and you know, I was like, oh man. So so she comes up, she 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 gets us uh, some drinks to get started, some waters and and whatnot and and when she comes back she uh she she goes to take our order and as she's flipping in or flipping open her, her notepad, 
I happened to notice a, a piece of aluminum foil in there with some black squiggly lines, you know, running down the foil. And immediately I recognized what that was. Um, my wife had no clue. And uh, it was, uh, you know, a piece of foil that somebody or that she used to, to smoke heroin with. Now, I was faced with the choice. And as I was faced with that choice, I received an an impression that I needed to say something to the waitress um, and serve. Um, But I, of course, you know, I tried to ignore it because I didn't know this lady. There was no way I was going to say anything to her. So I I tried to ignore the impression. And and it was a it was a still small voice that that originally impressed on my thoughts. And, and, and the more I tried to ignore that impression, my conscience started eating at me. And it was like, instead of a still small voice, it was more like a yell. <laughs> but the, the, the yell was more for my conscience. So I argued with it. I was like, no, I, I can't say nothing to her, to her. And, you know, she brought our food out. And, you know, that chicken fried steak I was craving, I could not eat a bit of it. It was, uh, it was sitting there getting cold. And my wife was looking at me. She says, what's wrong with you? I says, oh, I, I, nothing. <laughs> but, but I continued to try, try to ignore it. And then finally, I just told my wife, I was like, you know what? I was like, I have to say something to that waitress. And she says, why? I says, because she has heroin in, on, in her notepad. And I recognized it. And she's like, don't say nothing. <laughs> So I was like, there's a confirmation that I shouldn't say nothing. But um, so I, I argued with it a little bit more. I just I thought to myself, you know, I'll run out to the truck, grab a pink sheet, leave that with her tip. That'll be good. Uh, but but, you know, that 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 stirring in my soul just got stronger and stronger. And, find, you know, I didn't eat hardly any chicken fried steak and. And uh, it was getting close to, to the time to leave, and I had the pink sheet there with me, and, and I, I told my wife, I was like, you know what, I really have to say something to this lady. Um, so she says, I'm going to the bathroom. She <laughs> left me there high and dry, <laughs> fending for myself. I says, okay. And as I stood up to let her out to go to the bathroom, and I turned around, the waitress met me right there. And I was like, I grabbed her. I, I just put my hand on her shoulder and I says, I says, uh, you know, uh, I just wanted to let you know I saw what you had in your, your notebook. And she, she imme- immediately melted. She, she says, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I says, no, no, no. I said, don't be sorry. I said, look at my arms. I showed her my arms. I says, uh. I have been exactly where you were at. I says, uh, and I, and I, 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 I've, I've been put here today um, because your heavenly Father is aware of you. I said, and He loves you so much. I gave her the pink sheet and a ten dollar tip. I said, you was a fabulous, fabulous waitress. I says, I says, uh, I says. Heavenly Father doesn't want you to go through this no more. And I, I started bearing, wit, 
bearing testimony of my Savior and what he has done for me and the impact that has happened in my life. Um, but, but by the time I got done talking to her, she was just weeping. She had to leave the, the restaurant. She went into the back room and she just, you know, every hair on my body was standing up. Um, I heard ringing in my ears and a burning inside of my bosom that, that was stronger than anything I've ever experienced before in my life. And I knew right then that I had been at the exact place that Heavenly Father wanted me to be at that exact time. It just, it blows me away sometimes to, to know that Heavenly Father loved that waitress so much that he blessed me with 18 years of experience with, with drug addiction that I was able to, to recognize, you know, what she had in that, or that notebook. And I, I like to believe that, that Heavenly Father has that sort of awareness for every one of his children. And, and that blessing of service that day to just be able to, you know, let her know what's worked for me. It just, it, it, it makes me feel good still. And I, I just, I, I love you guys. I love the newcomers, I want to see you guys in these meetings, and I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Hi, my name's Karen, and I'm a recovering drug addict. Hi, Karen. I can't believe we're I can't believe we're at step twelve. Um, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of the atonement of Jesus Christ, there's no better way to describe what has happened through the process of the steps and through addiction recovery. And uh, like it says here. Your responsibility is to encourage others who struggle to turn to Heavenly Father and the Savior for guidance and power. And really, that to me is the bottom line of what our responsibility now is to help others come to Christ. It's not necessarily to quit using drugs or to anything like that. It is to bring our brothers and sisters to Christ. And I think that's the most amazing thing about addiction recovery and what we have experienced with that relationship with the Savior. And um, I know that when I started using drugs and when I started turning to drugs, I started turning away from God at that point. And the more I got into drugs, the further away from God I got till the point where I was, I convinced myself that God had abandoned me and no longer cared about me anymore. But really it was the opposite. I had turned away from him and on the other direction and quit trusting in him and put my trust in the arm of the flesh, basically. And um, so when I finally was forced to quit using drugs, um, God was the farthest thing from my mind. I felt like he didn't want to have anything to do with me. So um, after, you know, struggling and going through these steps and falling and getting back up again and day-to-day even still, just having experiences where you overcome these small little things and have little little triumphs every day that give you more strength and more confidence. And just being able to have the Spirit back and, and all of your blessings back, little by little, you realize that He never left us or me. He never left me all along, but in fact was there by my side and uh, helped me through a very, very difficult time of my life, um, as I'm sure it was for all of you. I don't think recovery is a 
an experience for the week. <laughs> it's not an experience for uh, people that need a soft life because, um, like it says, like they say in recovery, sometimes we look for an easier, softer way, but there just isn't another way. It is difficult, but if we turn ourselves to the Savior, that's how we're going to get ourselves out of this. And it really is nothing short of a spiritual awakening. And that's what I want to share with others now. I want to share that testimony like I was talking about in the action steps. And I don't feel like I want to go out anymore and announce from the rooftops like I did when I was so excited at the beginning that I'm a drug addict and I overcame it. And look at me. I'm so wonderful. I overcame this addiction. But really, now what I want to do is get up in front of the rooftops and say, I know Christ lives. I have no doubt about it in my mind. And I'll tell you that he knows and he cares about you and he will take care of you if you'll turn to him. And there's uh, no better way to overcome any weakness or sin or anything. It doesn't have to be an addiction. And I do have a testimony, and so that's what I want to share with all of you, that Jesus Christ is real. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that he's real. I know that he lives. I know that he suffered and died and rose again. That's the exciting part. Yes, he died, and we can dwell on that sad thing, but the fact of the matter is he is alive today, and he rose, and he lives, and he is available for us on a day-to-day basis as a reality for anyone who will turn to him, and he wants us to do that, to turn to him. And I feel his love for me and for all of you, and know that because of this experience, we can share that testimony with others, and hopefully, maybe, if we say it enough, somebody will choose to turn back to and find their way back to God. So I'm grateful for the atonement of Jesus Christ and for the many times that he has forgiven me and the mercy he has shown in my life. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. My name is Scott. I'm a recovering drug addict. Um, This step for me, when I when I think about this step, um, I think that it's it's about spreading the message and lifting others. And there's two specific stories that I that I had about that. When I, as we were reading the the step, I was thinking about my wife who's sitting here next to me. You know, she's the perfect example of someone who's spreading the message. And sometimes it's a uh, in the beginning, it was like kind of embarrassing to me because it would be like we'd be in church in gospel doctrine class or something, and and she'd say, "Well, me and my husband, we're, we're addicts, and we go to the the LDS the twelve step programs." And on page seventy nine of the manual, it says, and "She'd start quoting it, and that this pertains to the lesson, you know, because of this." And and I just I'd be like covering my face, like, "Oh shoot, you know, what do these people think?" and and she'd do that every week. We'd go to, it was before we were married, we were going to her singles ward, and she's like, we go to the 12-step program, and, and, you know, just every week talking about it. And anyway, this one week, all of a sudden, this other guy starts talking, and he goes, he goes you know, I started going to the 12-step program, and, and on page 79, it does say this, this, and that. And he started <laughs> quoting them, too. And I don't know if that's the reason 
you know, he started going to the program. But the one thing I've learned from her and from other people in this program is, is I, I've got to not keep my mouth shut. And, you know, I've taken criticism from um, a friend in the program for posting stuff on the local uh, social network, you know, fo- posting things that, that uh, you know, my sobriety date. And he says, you know, it's an anonymous program. And I'm like, well, I got like five messages from people asking about the program because of that, you know. So therefore, I'm not, you know, I'm not ashamed of my past. And I'm going to, you know, like Karen was saying, I'm going to shout it on the rooftops. You know, I'm proud. I have eight years sobriety. And, you know, it's a miracle. And the other part I was talking about was lifting others, spreading the message and lifting others. And, and, you know, I go back to when I was in prison, I was at the lowest part, point in my whole life in the beginning. You know, I, I uh, was really struggling to even find hope or purpose for living because I knew I was going to, I was looking at, you know, I didn't know how long, but I knew I could be there for up to 15 years. So I was kind of desperate and I met my, you know, I talked about my Tongan friend before and I met him and we started talking and reading the, he, he encouraged me to read the scriptures with him every morning, the Book of Mormon. And we started this Book of Mormon, Mormon study circle there at 6 a.m. In, in the prison. And, um, you know, when we would talk, we'd have these conversations and I'd tell him, you know, I was feeling discouraged and he'd encourage me to do this and do that. And, and I'd say, I'd say, I can't. And he'd say, all he'd do is he'd look at me and smile and he'd say, sure you can. And I still, you know, on, the, on times when I struggle, even today, I just think of my friend and I, and I think of our Savior. Our Savior's telling us that. Sure you can. You know, taking this message, spreading it to others, and helping to lift others is what this program's about and what this step is about. And I'd like to say that, you know, those of you who, who have ever been in darkness, who have ever struggled, who have ever tried to quit and they couldn't, you're in the right place. This is it. Because we all know what you're going through. We've been there. I know that I'm only one choice away from losing eight years of sobriety. That's all it'll take is one choice. So this is step 12, but step one will start tomorrow. You know, this is not the end, and we have to continue on with this program. It doesn't end. It doesn't, in three months, we're not through with it. You know, it keeps going. It's a lifelong process to work through these steps. And I've appreciated this time that I've spent with all you guys, and I'm going to miss it and say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. My name is Cami, and I'm a recovering addict. Hi, Cami. Um, like I've talked about, um, my addictions are my eating disorder and stealing. And I haven't made a lot of my amends, but one of my amends that I did make, um, I had an opportunity to share the program. Um, I stole something from my friend who was one of my roommates, and she kind of started reaching out to me. So I kind of thought that I kind of thought it would be an easy amends for me out of all my other amends. And so I started praying 
for me and her. And um, we, I was just like, oh, like, let's get together. Let's have lunch. Like, I haven't seen you for a long time. So I went over to her house, and we ate lunch, and we started just talking for a long time. And then I brought it up, and I told her, and, um, you know, I was like, I'd like to pay you back. And she's like, no, that's okay. And then she knew I struggled with my eating disorder, and she asked me about that. And I told her about the 12-step program. And she was like, yeah, I knew you did that. Um, And she was like, I've been meaning to ask you about it because— I recently found out that my husband, he struggles with pornography. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And uh, she's like, you know, my bishop told me, I asked my bishop about the program, and he just told me to ask a random lady in our ward who's in charge of it. And she didn't feel comfortable asking her. So that was just kind of um, a really cool experience that I've had with sharing the program. Another um, I've been, um, ever since I, my family's found out about my stealing and, you know, that my eating disorder came back, um, I'd always call and talk to my mom and she'd ask me how I was doing. And sometimes my dad would answer the phone and he would just be like, uh, hey, Cammie, like are you doing okay? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, do you need anything? And I just say no. And that's all he really wanted to talk about. And then um, one time when me and Scott were home, he knew that I used to only go to meetings on Saturday nights. That was just my one meeting. It was my habit. And um, so I was like, okay, we're going to have like our family 12-step meeting. And my dad started getting really uncomfortable because we were all in the in the living room. And he's like, no, no. And he started like, we're not going to do it. And I think my brothers were finishing up doing something. And he's like, no, I'm going to bed. And I'm like, well, when can he do it? And, and he's like, tomorrow morning. And I'm like, well, don't you have a church meeting? Yeah, that's why we're going to do it tomorrow morning. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, what other time? And he's like, Monday. I'm like, well, we're going to be gone Monday. He's like, exactly. So then it came <laughs> to um, we just started having it. And, like, I pretended like I was the mi- the missionary, I think, or the f- facilitator. And I shared and Scott shared. And my dad listened. And then um, he uh I could see he, like, he was really actually listening. And anyone who knows my dad, he's all about, like, swag, like, uh, all the gear. And, like, uh, my when my brother got into grad school, he, you know, wanted the sweatshirt. And then he saw Rich's video, and they had in their house the 12-step poster. And I'll always remember it when he called me, and he's like, hey, how do we get one of those 12-step posters for our house? And I was like, what? Like, he wants people to come over to our house and see the 12-step poster. And I was like, that's really cool, you know? Like, he's kind of like a missionary. So, you know, like, 
my brothers have their swim team, and I guess I'm like the 12-step child. <laughs> but um, I'm just really glad, you know, I like to share the 12-step people, with, um, the 12-step program with a lot of people. It brings me a lot of joy, but I'm really grateful that my dad's been open to it. Um, I think it's such a great program. Um, it's, you know, a program of action. And I find myself whenever um, I'm finding triggers for my addictions, it's most likely because I'm falling away from the gospel. You know, I mentioned last week that I didn't go to church because, you know, I was offended from my bishop and I offended by my bishop and I found myself having more triggers and, you know, we went back to church, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, you know, things get easier. So I'm just really grateful for this program. I'm grateful for the person who shared the program with me and that Heavenly Father can use um, me as a tool to share it with other people. And um, I just love coming and doing this. I remember when I first found out, or Scott wanted us to come when we found out about the opportunity. I was like, oh, 12 weeks, you know, that's a long time. But <laughs> it's been more of a blessing than anything and um, um, for me. And um, it's really helped me um, overcome the rough spot I was in in my 12-step process. And... Um, I really have grown to love everybody here, and I say these things in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Kelly. I'm Lindsay. I'm an addict. Hi. Um, I am super grateful to be here today, and I have felt a spirit so strong. I have been gone for the last couple of weeks, and I forgot how much I miss this place and miss everybody here. Um, I have grown to love everyone here so, so very much um, in the last 12 weeks that I've been here. Um, I look around, and I just see angels, and I see power. That's what I see when I look around this room. Um, step 12, I am super grateful for step 12. Step 12 is my favorite step, too, um, like everyone has pretty much mentioned so far. Um, step 12, for me, has two sides to it. Um, First of all, step 12, step 12 is the reason why I'm sitting here today. It's because of missionaries and people going out of their way to help me, um, and that's why I'm sitting here today. Um, about a year ago, I was, you know, I had been sober for a while, but I was really miserable. And um, I had been to these meetings, but I hadn't been going consistently. And I was so totally, totally alone. I was sharing this story, story earlier because it had been on my mind, and um, I want to share it today. I just was in this super dark place, and I was so miserable and so lonely. I just felt like I had nobody in my corner at all. There was not one person rooting for Lindsay. Um, and I was graduating drug court, um, and after graduation, this man came up to me. And he was an older gentleman, and I didn't know who he was, and he didn't know who I was. 
But he came up to me and he started talking to me. And I know that the Lord was doing his work through him. Um, He just looked straight in my eyes and his eyes were so piercing. You know, it just hit me to my very core. And he told me that I needed to go back to the ARP program. I need to start going back to the meetings. Um, And I listened to him. And within a few days, I started coming back to these meetings Um, And I started coming consistently and regularly, and I started meeting people. And my support system and the friends that I had made in this program has just grown so much. I feel like I have more friends than I even know what to do with a lot of times. (laughs) Um, I just, I feel like there's always somebody to call and to talk to. And, um, you know, there's people for me to reach out to, and there's people for me to, you know, that I can go to, too. Um, I'm just so grateful for all of the people that I have met in this program. I am so grateful um, for my family today um, because you guys are all my family today. So I do have a message of, you know, if you're super lonely and you find yourself coming to these um, or you haven't come to a meeting yet and you're just so totally alone, come to these meetings because you will find an army of friends um, to help you through this recovery process. And the other side of that is is service. And for me, that's, you know, that's my insurance policy. You know, service, as long as I'm of service, I feel like I'm of use to my Heavenly Father. And He has a purpose and a reason to keep me sober and keep me moving forward. Um, I try to share this message as much as I can with whoever I come in contact with <laughs> um, because I'm just so excited about it. And it has saved my life and it saved so many of my friends' lives. Um, and there's a lot of people that go to other 12-step meetings and that have been sober for a long, long time, but they're not aware of the ARP program. And for me, this particular program has absolutely saved my life and changed my heart. Um, and I am so eternally grateful for that. I just, I love everyone here. It talks about, um, you know, in this step it mentions if we turn our lives over to the over to God, He can make a lot more out of our lives than we can. And it talks about raising up friends and pouring out um, peace and blessings. And I know that to be true. All of those promises can come true if we just turn our lives over to, to our Heavenly Father. Um, I have such a testimony that the Lord lives, that He loves each and every one of us. This program is about like the one in 99. You know, it's that one person out there that's struggling um, that we can reach out to and help. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that He knows each and every one of us, you know, so specific. He knows all about us. Um, and I'm grateful for that. And I know the Lord lives and that He loves us. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Well, I'm Sharon. I'm an addict. And I can't believe we're on step 12 either. It's really been, it's really been neat to serve with all of you to help bring this to other people. Um, I, I have a lot of thoughts about recovery. And one of the thoughts that I feel like sharing is that, um, by working the 12 steps of recovery, um, is to get me from a crack house to God's house. And it's really humbling to think that 23 years ago, I was in a crack house begging for help, and that years later, I got to enter the temple and be whole and clean and in white, and um, it's an experience I'll never forget. Uh, My patriarchal blessing mentions a great deal about service, um, that if I will serve Heavenly Father, He will bless my life abundantly, and He has done so. Uh, my kids can't stand it because wherever we go, it's the people out of the work. Hey, Sharon! Hey, Sharon! And it's really neat because I can think of, you know, they're like, how do you know them? And my son's like, recovery, huh, Mom? Yep. <laughs> 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 so that's really, that's really neat. But 
you know, they, in 23 years of in recovery, I've had experiences where um, people have been of service to me and have helped me in my darkest hour that were there, my angels in white, um, at the beginning of sobriety, throughout sobriety. Um, people love me when I can't even love myself at multiple stages of sobriety um, through different traumas. I remember when my brother killed himself, people in recovery came. They didn't even know my brother, but came to make sure I can make it through that event. And um, different painful things like that. But then there was a the joy part where, you know, I got to go see somebody get five years of sobriety and 10 years of sobriety and have a life and graduation ceremonies I've been to. Um, and then being at service for other people during their times of need when my friend's son overdosed and being able to be there and say it's going to be okay. Um, my brother and then four first cousins are dead, and one of them from suicide and two of them from drug and alcohol over addiction, the other one hit by a car. And then that one of the, my cousins that have died from addiction, her daughter died of drug addiction. And so anyway... All these horrible, painful experiences that I've been through, I, I didn't even understand the purpose. And as I mentioned last week, or last week, that I understood the purpose for all of it, and that's my mission now. And um, rather it be at Orange Street to help the women, and I can say I know what it feels like to be in that crack house and to have the loss and, and all these things. Um, or rather it's just even just simple things, people who aren't even in the program, to just be a more compassionate person. You know, and um, President Uchtdorf gave a talk and conference that I'll never forget. And it was so powerful to me because whether you're in uh, recovery or not, the talk was that look for opportunities to be the answer to people's prayers. And uh, in the 12 steps, step 12 is really like doing that, but in a whole different capacity. But every single person, whether you are in a recovery or not, can do a step 12 of service. And a service not only ensures my sobriety today, but ensures my happiness today, my serenity. I can tell you the days I'm pretty ornery and grouchy. It's because I didn't get up and say my prayers, and it's because I didn't do something to help somebody else. So I I make it my mission today to what can I do to help others. But I just it's just neat. Um, it's just really neat. I. I just sometimes can't believe that Heavenly Father has trusted me enough to be one of his servants and to see some of the miracles that I've got to see. I mean, I should be dead. And today, God, trust me to be one of his warriors. I don't even know what to do with that sometimes. But I know that I don't take it for granted. And I know that our Savior suffered way worse than anything I have. And yet he served us anyway. And if I can just serve even just a small fracture and give back to the Savior. And I just really want to leave my testimony that our Savior lives. I want to leave my testimony that our Heavenly Father is mindful of everyone. And he does see where you are. And he knows that you're hurting. But I promise you that people are on their way to help. The angels are watching. Their arms are reaching. And you got to do a little reaching back. But, you know, step 12 is just one of my favorite 12 steps. 
Now they say no matter how far down the scale you've gone, there's 12 steps back. And that's the truth and every single one of them. And if I can ever do anything to help anybody, I'm more than happy to. And I again want to express my love for this group and the new friends that I've made here. And I'll never forget any of you. And I say it's the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thanks, Sharon. Hi, I'm Abra. Hi, Abra. I, uh, I have to tell you, it's step 12 this week. I'm getting ready to come to meeting, and I'm just in tears. And uh, my 15-year-old's like, what's the matter with you? And I said, it's my last meeting. <laughs> She's like, okay, you're insane. Like, Get the tissues. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you just don't understand. She said, you do these meetings all the time. <laughs> I said, not this meeting. This meeting's going to be over. <laughs> she's like, okay, you've lost your mind. So when we, I always say a prayer before I go to a meeting. and She said, let me say a prayer. And I said, okay. She says, can you please bless Aunt Abra that she's not going to get in a car crash? <laughs> so I did not get in a car crash. That was nice. I love step 12, though, because, um, like Cammy, I, um, I sit in Relief Society or Gospel Doctrine, and I'm like, oh, I know, I know the answer to that question. Let me get out my 12-step manual, you know. And the people in my ward are like, not again. <laughs> you can see the Relief Society president. She rolls her eyes at me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, but you got to listen, because this is so good. I'm like, in meeting the other day, who we were talking about, and she's like, oh, my gosh. But that's how you get those people that are, you know, the, the sisters that are struggling, and they don't want to talk to anybody because they're so afraid that, you know, if they go to somebody because their husbands are struggling, there's going to be that stigma about them, you know. Or you find those men that are that feel like they're struggling and they can't, you know, they don't even want to talk to their bishop yet, you know. And um, I've had some of the most tender moments with people because I just talk all the time about the program. I'm sitting in a restaurant and I'm talking with my mom about, she's a missionary, and I'm talking with her about this meeting. And it was such a good meeting. These people over here at this table next to us are drinking wine and they're feeling bad because I'm talking about a 12-step meeting, and you see them push their wine glasses over. Can we have water? You know, <laughs> I'm thinking, yes, scar one for the 12-step addiction program. <laughs> you know, I, I've i had such tender uh, happenings to me because I do things like that. I'm just always talking about the program because this program literally saved my life. I am... Um, I, I had said before, you know, I'd been clean a long time before I came to this program, but I wasn't clean and sober. I was sober, um, but my mind wasn't in the right place, and um, I, I was just one step away from doing something stupid, which would have killed me, and I knew that. And this program literally saved my life. And I am so grateful to my Heavenly Father for bringing me to this program. 
Um, the missionaries in this program are phenomenal. They give so much of their time. You know, I do two meetings a week, and I think, oh, if I do one more meeting, I'm going to just die. And I see missionaries that do, you know, five, six meetings a week, and I think, I can't do that. How could they do that? And they do it every week, and it's amazing. And uh, I just want to, you know, leave my testimony that this program, you, know, you never graduate from this program. You just keep going and going. And um, your Heavenly Father loves you. Uh, he loves all of us. He loves us enough that when we fall down, he picks us up. And I fall down a lot, but he picks me up every time. And I'm grateful for that because um, I think that's the trial of being human. But um, I know that he's always there to pick me up, and I didn't know that before. And I'm thankful for that. I love all of you so much. I have gained some great friendships in this meeting, and I'm going to miss you all so much. I know that um, this meeting was meant to to inspire someone, and I hope that I've been a great part of that. And I leave that with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thanks. Thanks. My name is Rich. Hey, Rich. Hi, Rich. Hi, Rich. I'm a child of God. Nothing more and nothing less. I love you guys so much. I love you enough that I would go into all over again to have experienced these last 12 weeks with you. I'm honored to be with you. Service is truly one of My favorite things that I have gotten to do out of all that I've experienced, I, um, I've come to see miracles. I've come to see Jesus Christ change people in a way that nothing can change people like Jesus Christ. I... Again, I'm honored to know you. I look forward to the day that we together will stand at the feet of the Savior and again testify. I am... I want to testify... The recovery from addiction is not only possible, it's wonderful. It's amazing. And the, the joy that comes through using the atonement of Jesus Christ is deeper than any joy I've ever felt in my life. Um, there's a quote, and I'm going to... It's from Boyd K. Packer, and I was reading in his book, Mine Errand from the Lord. And it says, in rendering service, we must be concerned about what we are, not just what we do.
And that's why, for me, tonight I say I'm a child of God. Nothing more, nothing less. I testify that the atonement of Jesus Christ is real and it's available. I testify that people are changed. I've seen some pictures today. Pictures that are unbelievable. Pictures that show that Jesus Christ changes men and changes women. I'm grateful for the opportunity to have been here with you, to have shared these moments in this extremely short life that we live with such a group of amazing people. I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Thank you. Hi, I'm Scott. Hey, Scott. Hi, Scott. As you know, I've been dealing with an addiction to... uh, Pornography for the last 35 years. Uh, I think I've been dealing with the source of my problem for probably 50 years. And I still struggle with that today. Feeling of not being good enough, not being able to measure up, that I'm on my own. But thanks to groups like this, even though I still tend to hold back way more than I'd like to and than I probably should. I still feel your love and support. I feel that acceptance. Particularly of importance to me, I feel understood and accepted and loved, even with that understanding of who I am. I think there's a great lie that Satan has convinced so many of, including probably all of us, that this program helps break the myth of the lie. I felt like I was one of very few out there with my problem. No one talks about it. Other than the brethren occasionally in that you shouldn't view pornography. But of course, that he was talking to me, not, not the hundreds or thousands that were out there, or millions but coming to these meetings and seeing rooms continually fill up and continually fill up with similar stories of mine time and time again, different specifics, but the same root cause. I know I'm not alone. And I know just by recent experiences, and I feel like I'm a real babe in recovery compared to so many of you with 10, 20 years Sobriety, I feel like I'm just barely starting to trust enough to get past the fear to to speak up. But every time I have, whether it's a family member, whether it's a neighbor, whether it's an elders quorum president, I hear and see the same pain. I see people with direct experience or relatives or sons or friends with the exact same situation that I'm in. I've heard of lives taken over this. I've heard of scores of marriages lost. Probably a dozen losses of marriages in my own family between all the different times. And it just tears my heart up that 
almost, we almost never have talked about it. And there's so much understanding and support and healing that comes from talking. So even though we say at the beginning of the lesson, this is an anonymous and confidential group, we know this group's not. (laughs) (laughs) And I so wish, my greatest wish is if we can do whatever we can do, that we can just blow the lid off this and scream it on the rooftops like we've heard several times. Scream it over the pulpit. Just, I mean, I keep hearing time and time again, oh, you can't be that open. You can't, no, 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 back up. <laughs> Told a bishop, I, I want to just get up and bear my testimony and just, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I can see he's probably going to faint if I ever do that. <laughs> but I, I'm so convinced that that is, is the answer. Get it out of the closets and get the shame and the individual suffering to go away. And I know not only the power of God, but I know the power of Satan. I know he is real. And I know there are so many listening to this broadcast, either because they're afraid to go to a meeting or maybe they just can't, but, but they're losing the battle. I want to bear witness that you're not alone. And every day you try, you're winning. It's a marathon that goes on our whole lives. And every time you fall and get up, try again. I don't care if you make it for 20 minutes. If you're trying, you're winning. And I tried for five years coming to meetings before I found more than a month of sobriety. Boy, talk about pulling my hair out. But I've learned recovery comes far less by what I do than by what God does. Every time I focus on something, I can almost rest assured I'm not going to heal in that area until I move on to something else because God's going to convince me he's behind my healing. And time and time again, he blesses me with miracles when I most need them. I could go on and on, talk about people in my work, people in my family that I've had experiences. And <laughs> like every time I talk to someone, they've got a problem. There's just so much struggling out there. And I feel for it. Feel for those people that don't have help, that feel like they're alone. And I just bear my witness that you're not alone. <coughs> God loves you. And I appreciate each of you. And I say this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you. Scott. Thank you. I am Luann, and I am a grateful recovering addict. Hello, sister. Step 12 for me is the icing on the cake. Um, I love step 12. Um, I have so much to be grateful for, and um, the miraculous transforming um, abilities of the 12 steps has just been amazing in my life, and... um, Seven years ago today, I was a homeless heroin addict and completely uh, a mess and literally knocking on death's door. And I found myself in jail again and uh, a mess. I had overdosed two weeks prior to that arrest and um, nearly lost my life. And so I was completely desperate. 
And I had a powerful, life-changing spiritual experience in a jail cell um, early on in my recovery while I was detoxing from heroin. And um, it broke my heart wide open. And the Savior came into my heart in that jail cell and infused my whole body, my whole being with light and love and awakened my spirit to a degree that I have never been the same from that moment forward. I have faced the Lord ever since that experience, and it has been an amazing journey and walk with God that I would not trade for anything else in the whole world. Um, I have amazing angels that showed up in my life in, in that perfect time with amazing message of hope and truth that um, was exactly what I deserved to hear at that exact moment of my life. And um, I, um, I started going to meetings and to the 12-step meetings in, in jail, and I've been a participant of this program ever since. And I've heard, um, I don't know how many times I've gone to meetings, and I've, my prayers have been answered out of the mouths of, of amazing participants and people in this program. And the Spirit is so strong at these meetings and has testified to my spirit and spoken to me and changed who I am. And that's what I feel is so powerful about this program. We're all in practice of Step 12 when we show up to these meetings and bear humble testimony. It doesn't matter what step we're on, but just showing up here and sharing our experience, strength, and hope is practice of the 12 steps. And... Um, I'm grateful for every part of this journey. Um, I have a willing heart to serve the Lord in whatever capacity he has for me. And I had no idea what this journey would be like. But just a a couple examples of of what he's called me to do and is to be a Sunday school teacher. I never thought I'd be a Sunday school teacher. I was a homeless heroin addict. (laughs) He called me to speak at BYU Women's Conference And I spoke, I felt the divine power of God as I prepared that talk, and as I delivered that talk about wayward children to 500 women. And it was an amazing experience that God used me. I'm an imperfect person, but because I have a willing heart to serve him, he uses me in powerful ways to assist him in this progression of recovery. Um, I wish I could have been here to all 12 of these meetings, Wednesday night meetings, I picked two. I picked step three and step 12 because those two steps are very powerful in my life. And the other Wednesday nights, I was at um, the Metro Jail in maximum security having sacred one-on-one 12-step meetings with beautiful women of God. And there's no place I would rather be. Um, I know that the Lord has prepared me for the exact service that I'm doing right now. Um, He speaks through me to these sisters, and he's prepared me, even through my addiction, to be an instrument in his hands. And I'm grateful for every part of my journey with him. And I know that my service that that I have today is preparing me for some other calling that he has for me. And I welcome it. I trust him with everything that I am. I love him, and I know that he has 
my best interest in mind, and not only mine, but others, and he can use me as long as I submit myself to him. And he has in very powerful ways. Um, in the beginning of my recovery, I I couldn't picture myself actually being in sobriety and how how I didn't know if I could do it. I tried and failed so many times that I thought it's really not possible for me. And what I want to testify to, of today is that recovery is absolutely possible. But not only recovery, but living your life with joy and purpose is absolutely possible. And it's something that I would not give up for anything. Um, I'm grateful for the enabling power of the atonement to um, make so much more out of me. And as I lean on him, he makes up the difference, and we can go a long ways. And I'm grateful for that. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thanks. 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 My name is Dub. Hey, Dub. Hi, Dub. I'm a grateful son of God who was a full-blown drug addict and a real alcoholic. I've been punched in the guts 11 times, and there's still the two best to go. So, I mean, there's just so much love and compassion in this circle. I have felt the embrace of my brother Jesus Christ with every person that's shared here tonight. And you have no idea how your countenance changes when you're talking about our Lord and Master. And it started with knucklehead Robert. (laughs) And it just continued all the way around. And that makes me so humble. And that's a good thing for me. Because there's still an arrogant dub living inside me. And he shows up way too often. So everybody in this circle has my permission. If they see the arrogant dub to come out, please just come up and punch me. (laughs) Because I don't like him. I don't like him at all. But he does sneak up there. And I pray like a banshee every day. I have a study period. I do everything I can to keep him calm. But he keeps sneaking back. It's like the first time I did six and seven and asked the Lord to take all of these weaknesses, character defects. I had no idea they were going to come back. (laughs) I thought you'd give them the saving, you're done with them. But that's the joy of this program. And I'm going to tell you, I've been 12-stepped right here 12 weeks in a row. Because you guys have carried your individual message to my heart. And I will take that with me from this meeting tonight. And there's been several people that have already mentioned it. But being the old wise one, I feel like I better mention it myself. That this is not the end of step 12. That it's just like a bottle of shampoo. You have to rinse and repeat. So we, we start repeating tomorrow. I love you guys. I can't tell you how much I've learned from each of you. There are some special people in this room, and I'm so grateful to have been part of this. And if this old knucklehead right here can touch one person out there, it'll be a serendipity blessing. And that's my nickname in this program is Serendipity Dub.
Because <laughs> I believe in them. They come every day for me because I pray like a banshee until they come. <laughs> I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Love you, brother. Love you, brother. Hi, I'm Carrie. And, um, Hi, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. And I am married to the most amazing man Heavenly Father has ever created, I feel. I know that to be true. And um, through loving him through um, and in his addiction to pornography the last 26 years, um, I have learned some very powerful, um, wonderful blessings that have come into my life. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for this 12-step program. And um, I love you. I love all of you so much. I've only been able to be here for a couple steps. But the power that I feel here is truly the love of our Savior. And um, I have seen it in your faces. And I have felt it so strong. Um. In going through the 12-step program, I've come across a scripture that is now my favorite. And when I die, I want this on my headstone because it um, means everything to me. And it's in 2 Nephi 22.2. Excuse me, 2 Nephi 22.2. Yeah, a lot of twos. And it says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength. And my song, he has become my salvation. And I love that scripture because I've always known that Heavenly Father loves me. I've always known that I'm a daughter of God, and I've always felt that. And I've always felt prayer has been one of the greatest tools in my life since I was young. I was blessed to be raised with the power of prayer in my home. And I'm thankful for that gift. And as I grew up, and went on a mission and got married, I really felt I understood and believed who my Savior was. But going through the opportunity that we took and had with um, this addiction to pornography, as a spouse, I have learned so many things. And I have truly come to find who my Savior is. I've come to understand why he suffered for me not just because of my own sins, and there are many, but because of the gift that it's shown me and given me an opportunity to be able to forgive. And that is the greatest blessing I think I've ever had, is to learn how to, how to forgive. <laughs> because the love that comes through forgiveness is so powerful and so eternally binding. Um, that kind of love can't be broken. And that's the kind of love that we were blessed with. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful for this 12-step program because it's such a cleansing program, not just for one who has an addiction, but for all of us. And coming from that perspective, um, outside the circle, it's been such a blessing to me. Because I'm a sinner. It doesn't matter what, what my sin is, whether it's an addiction or not. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to cleanse my life, to learn who the Savior is and want to be more like Him, and to take that opportunity to try. I'm so grateful for my husband 
and the opportunity that we can serve together in this mission. This is the greatest calling. We don't ever, ever want to be released from this calling. Ever. And um, <laughs> I, um, I mean that with all my heart. And after our seven kids are raised and gone, this is where we'll be for the rest of our lives. This is the most beautiful place. And when we were called, I think I said before that our state president um, told us out of the five most sacred experiences of his life, three were in addiction recovery meetings. And I have come to know that to be true. And I'm so thankful for the humility and the power that all of you bring to this meeting because it has truly touched my life. And I'm so thankful for that and feel the power that you bear individually and know the effect that you have on those that you get to serve. And I'm so grateful for that. I know this church is true. I know this program is real. I know Christ lives. And I know that our Heavenly Father loves us. And I leave that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thanks, Carrie. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you. Brothers and sisters, thank you so much. Let's just leave it uh, with till we meet again. Okay? Now, Elder Ennis, just take as much time as you want. Amen. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Um, thank you all for everything that you've shared. Uh, it's an honor to be able to sit here in the circle and be able to look each one of you in the eyes and honestly feel that sacred love that exists whenever the Savior has touched lives. Um, in summing up this group, I I want to read... Ether chapter 12, verse 27. And if men come unto me, I will show unto them their weakness. I give unto men weakness that they may be humble. And my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. For if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then will I make weak things become strong unto them. That is the essence of this group. That is the essence of this program. Step 12 is meant to be the culmination of all the previous steps to achieve the promise that was given in the beginning, in the introduction. And that is that the Savior, Jesus Christ, His atonement can and will liberate you from addiction. Now, as participants, one of the things that I have learned the most is each one of us have begin each one of us have been given a special blessing. Now the Savior, everything, just like it says in Alma chapter seven, everything that the Savior suffered, everything that he went through, he descended below all things so he could understand and comprehend all things, so he could take upon him the sins of of his people, the pains of his people. Through his pain, through his suffering, he learned obedience, he learned wisdom, and he was given a gift, a gift of understanding, a gift of knowing. How does the Savior know? He knows by the things that he suffered and willingly suffered. Now, that gift that he that he possesses perfectly, he's able to take that gift. And as 
individuals, just like it says in Ether, as we humble ourselves, he's able to utilize his perfect gift to be able to help us perfectly. Now, on a smaller scale, as we go through the addiction recovery program, the 12 steps, and as we humble ourselves before the Savior and come unto him, we gain, to a small degree, that same gift of understanding. For some of us, it might be concerning drugs. Some of us, it might be concerning alcohol. Some of us, it might be concerning pornography, eating, or whatever the disorder, whatever the addiction may be. Each one of us, on a smaller scale, gain that same understanding. As we go to these meetings, and as people, individual share, you see a lot of head nodding. It's because you understand, you know, because especially those who come in and they're newcomers, they're newcomers to the program, individuals who have been there week after week, step after step, they know exactly where that individual is and exactly what they're thinking and they're feeling, and they know the hopelessness and the helplessness that they're feeling. And so there is some empathy, a gift of empathy and understanding that we are each blessed with, that individuals are blessed with as they go through and successfully apply these principles and work the principles. And it's a gift that the Savior gives to them, like I said, on a smaller degree. And he expects us to take that gift and use it in the lives of others in helping lift them and helping them along their way. So in turn, when they get down the road, they're able to turn and help and love and bring other individuals further along the path. It's a blessing and an honor to be able to do these things for others, just as the Savior so freely and willingly does it for us each and every day. In step one, I shared a scripture found in Luke, chapter 17, verses 12 through 19. I want to read it again. And it deals with our Savior and uh, ten men who were lepers. Verse 12, And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Now, in step one, as we shared, as I shared this scripture, this program, just like with the lepers, they're instructions that have been given to us by the Savior. And if we follow and apply those instructions, we experience the blessing of healing. Now, taking this scriptural account even further, 
There's one individual who experienced healing, who completed the circle by turning and returning to the Savior and glorifying and giving thanks. He received a gift, and he ratified that gift by returning and giving thanks to his Savior for the boon of liberty from his ailment, leprosy. Just like this scriptural account, each one of us, we stand afar off, and we're beckoning to the Savior, Jesus, Master, heal us, heal us. The Lord gives us our instructions, and as we apply those instructions, the promise is that we will be healed. And I testify of that reality, the healing reality. And each one of us, just like in this circle, how do we return and give thanks and praise and kneel at the feet of our Savior? We do it by becoming a physical manifestation of God's hands in other people's lives. This scriptural account of our Savior explains the whole process of the addiction recovery program to a T. It's the essence of it. And as we turn and we use the gift that our Savior has given us in reaching out to those, just like we have reached out to one another and those who are listening and beckon and call and plead, come unto Christ, come unto Christ and be healed and be liberated. I testify of his ability to heal. I testify of his ability to reach even the most lost soul. There's nobody, and I repeat, nobody who has traveled beyond the bounds of his ability to reach in his atonement. There's a reason, and I repeat it time and time again, there's a reason his atonement is referred to as infinite and eternal. I testify of our Savior and his love. I testify of his ability to heal and mend and liberate He is the author of liberty in all of its forms. He is the author of our salvation. He is the author of eternal life, which is what we're all striving striving for. So I testify of him and his love. And in all of these meetings, I know. I know the Savior's seal of approval is upon these meetings. And I witness of that tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In closing, please remember that what has been shared here is confidential, and the opinions expressed here are those of the individual who expressed them, and do not necessarily represent LDS Family Services or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We encourage you to purchase a personal copy of the guide for note-taking during the meeting. We also recommend using the study and understanding and action step sections between meetings to build on what you have heard and experienced in this meeting. Finally, we thank each of you for your participation. Your presence here demonstrates your humility and faith and inspires hope in everyone attending today. With that, who would like the honor of saying the closing prayer. Rich. Our dearest Father in heaven, we are humbled and honored to be here. We are grateful for the spirit of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We are grateful for the atonement. We are grateful for the opportunity to 
bear testimony of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Father, we know that there are those who still struggle. We do pray that they may be sought out, that they may be surrounded by the armies of heaven, both there and here. We pray, Father, that these messages, both spoken and unspoken, shall reach the hearts of men and women across the globe to bring them unto our Savior, Jesus Christ. We call it an honor to serve thee, Father. We pray for those who have yet to hear this message, that their life may be blessed. We know that thou will do the same in all cases. And beg of you, Father, to be merciful unto those who still struggle and give them the same blessing and opportunity in which we have been given. We acknowledge thy hand in all things in bringing us here together to testify in truth that the atonement of Jesus Christ is for all men and all women and all children and all of us. We love thee very much, Father. Acknowledge thy hand in all things. Thank thee for thy hand in all things, including those dark moments which made it possible for us to sit here together and to testify of the atonement. We say this, Father, in the name of our Savior, our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Find hope and connect with God and others who understand you through the Church's Addiction Recovery Program. Join us at a virtual or in-person support group meeting. Visit addictionrecovery.churchofjesuschrist.org to get started.